Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the PD Sports Podcast. Once again, it has been another massive week of sport and it's only going to get bigger. Damo, how are you doing, my friend? Not bad, not bad at all, mate. It is going to be massive. We've got UCL coming up, Premier League's in full flow, Winter Olympics, what what a spectacle. It, everything's going, T20 cricket's still around. Oh, I'm loving it, Paul. Just so much sport, so little time. Can't wait for this pod. Yeah, I've pretty much switched off from the the tennis, oh, tennis, the uh, cricket at the moment. Like, it's just, the games are happening so quick, and I haven't. I missed the first one, and then from missing the first one, it's like, oh, well, now I'm out of the series almost because I just couldn't get to the second game either. So I feel like I've kind of missed the boat with the 2020s. But I don't know. I want to get your. This is like a little hot take at the start. Do you feel like it's a different aura watching T20 international versus Test? Yes, hundred percent. Always different aura. It's um, it's one for the purists and one for like the new generation that knows want to watch. Um, you know, a quick dash of cricket and then off you go. Uh, I tell you which one the dads want to take their kids to most. That's the twenty twenty because it's just over and done with instead of committing to a whole day. Yeah, um, that's where it's kind of like targeted. It's trying to get more like kids to come and watch the sport and all that. But uh, my hot take is nothing compares to a close five days of test cricket when it comes down to the last session. Yeah, I agree. I, I, sh- I struggle with the international. Like, I don't mind watching franchise T20 because it's a bit different. Yeah. But I really struggle watching T20 internationals. I don't know what it is. I think maybe I just don't understand. Not I don't understand, but maybe I don't follow it enough. And it's the team's obviously different too. It's not the same players that I'm used to probably seeing. So maybe there's that element to it, but... Anyway, enough of the cricket for now because, yep. you know, we could probably spend all night talking about it, but um, we've got plenty to talk about. Premier League-wise, I'm not going to harp on about this one, but Manchester United, once again, just can't get the job done. It's, it's sad it's good. at this point. Uh, look, only thing I was going to say, and, uh, you know, commiserations to all the United fans out there, you know me and Paul just loving this, being Liverpool supporters, as I look at my Liverpool wallpaper yep. on my computer screen. Um, however, Damo did go with the bold and brave move to not bring Salah in this week in fantasy and captain Bruno on a double game week. And in the end, thankfully, because Salah doesn't finish or doesn't get an assist, um, I'm still get okay saved in a bit. fantasy. It I tripled, I tripled Bruno. Pardon? I tripled Bruno. I looked at Southampton Brighton. I thought there's going to be chances. There's going to be goals. And honestly, in the first half of the United game, I thought it could have been a three-two, a three-all. Like there was end to end. It was it was competitive. Sancho, for as much as I've hammered him, I'm still not impressed. And I think at this point, yes, he scores, but look, it's a good counter attack. It's a good ball cross from Marcus Rashford, but. I've been saying it all season and everyone has said, especially in my Twitch chat, everyone has said that I'm being too critical too early. And I think you mentioned it at the start, but I think you've turned around now. I have not rated one bit. It's taken some pretty uh, serious circumstances for him to get a chance. And I still don't see the player that everyone's hyped up. Look, I rated him at Dortmund. And I liked him at Dortmund. Maybe Dortmund's system fit him better. He obviously fit in maybe to how the Bundesliga played. He played on the Uh, right too. Yeah, and I thought coming into the Prem, he was like, oh, you know, being English, you'll fit in and get used to the speed of the Prem, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't even think it's the speed of the Prem. It's more the fact he's gone to United. United are in a really bad place, and because of that, it's made him look really bad. I still think the criticism that you're giving him is warranted because I think he should be better. He should be one of those few that are leading the light there at United trying to drag him out of this heap. Yeah. And he, 
he can't get them on their back, you know. Um, not going to say, you know, Ronaldo at 20, whatever, would have grabbed United and dragged them out out of, you know, whatever, because Ronaldo's Ronaldo. But he can't expect the 37-year-old to do that by himself. He needs help from, like, the likes of, like, Sancho, Rashford, etc. Um, and because of that, I'm like, the criticism's there. He's, he's been in the league long enough. He's got his opportunity. Has he shown anything? Not really. Yeah. So, you know, now it's just... What do you do with him? Um, I don't think you write him off. I do think that, you know, you definitely wait for another manager to come in next season and see how he goes. Um, I wouldn't be saying, oh, my God, you know, yeah, uh, you off you go like Zaha sort of way um, for those that remember Zaha going to United. But um, I definitely see why you've given him criticism. I've definitely started on the camp of, look, I think Sanchez is a good footballer. He's going to come around to, I can see why he didn't play a lot for England in the Euros. I can see exactly why the criticism's there. And, to be fair, I think it's warranted. Do you think if Cavani... I know they're not going to do this because he's obviously leaving, but if Cavani starts more games, and you're not going to drop Ronaldo, but I just don't think Ronaldo fits the system either. If a striker no, that gives more up front and in, isn't just walking between the centre-backs, do you think if there's another striker there creating issues, creating a bit more space, do you think that opens up opportunities for... Rashford and Sancho because they're not having to just isolate against a fullback consistently. Yeah, I think that would create more opportunities, of course. Um, I just I feel a little bit for Ralph because he's coming to a team which does not suit his style of play. Yeah, um, big time, big tick. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those ones where as a coach, you kind of got to like eat your pride a little bit and just be like, I need to play a system that kind of suits the players because I just don't have what I want to do. Um, or if he wants to really do what he wants to do, he has to play other players. And, you know, he's, he's not going to, but drop Ronaldo, use Ronaldo off the bench. Ronaldo's not going to like that, of course, is it as well. So That's been a bigger um, curse than anything, Ronaldo, at the yeah. moment. In my opinion, like I think every time I watch United, so yes, he's their leading goal scorer, but there's other elements to the play that's being detrimental detrimental to the rest of the team exactly so he he can play on the last shoulder but they're not a team that the rest of their team's not set up for Ronaldo to be on the last man like that's just not how they're playing they're trying to be this ball dominant team but when the striker's not presenting to feet you know like it just doesn't it breaks down and the midfield they've lost Donny and I don't know like I don't get it like Donny looked good when he played you know, Alunga looks good when he plays, but again, the wingers are just being asked to just do one thing on repeat. Like, if I'm an opposition manager in the Premier League, I'm telling my fullbacks, you know, if they're not, like, don't commit. Like, there's no need for the fullbacks for the opposition teams at the moment to commit forward because if you sit there long enough, you're going to get a one-on-one against the winger. You win the ball, then you go, and that's where we're seeing these goals come from. It's the same on the weekend with Southampton. We saw it with Burnley. It's a counter-attack into a striker's feet. You flick someone through. This week it was, you know, a good bit of play from Che Adams to then get back on his right foot and hit the inside of the post. So the goals that we're seeing are the same every week. I don't know if you're seeing it the same way, but... I'm seeing it the same way. I'm in total agreeance, and it's just... It's highlighting a problem. Yeah, they can't play through a low block. And the reason they can't play through a low block is because they don't have that... Firmino, they don't have that Jesus, they don't have that striker or that Phil Foden that's, that's dropping in. Between the lines, picks it up and can turn and play others in or yeah. drag a player out of the block. To and that's how you get Sancho. That's how you get Rashford and Sancho running in behind. So, you know, 
Do you know what? It's always worth at this stage to put Bruno up in the Niners. I was about to say that. You took the words right out of my mouth. Would you play Bruno? Because for me, I go 4-3-3 in that scenario. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. You, the bat. Imagine you have McTom- um, McTominay. You have Donny there. You go Fred, McTominay, and Donny. How good is yeah. that midfield three? Oh, I hear you. Man. Now, look, you could tell me and you have coached at some sort of level and that we're really good friends and have a very similar outlook on football when, you know, I've just taken the words out of your mouth and the team that you've said there is probably what I would have gone with. Yeah, it's the best really out of Shaw and Dallot. Yeah. yeah. That, my, that's crazy. My only thing is, is I you've got to feel for Ralph because he can't do that. Like, he can't come in and go, sorry, and now, I don't know. Sorry, Cavani, no. Sit on the bench, under 23. Well, Cavani football. could start too, and, and then you just drop Bruno yeah, line. Yeah, but uh, it's one of those ones. I think United just have to wear whatever happens this season and just retake. Yeah, again, for the third year. time in five years, whatever it is. Yeah, well. and but. And they might not even make the top four. Who knows, right? It's been in and their hands, won't... and that's the thing. It's been yeah. in their hands, so they can't say you will chasing yada yada yada. Like they, if they don't make it at this point, it's just been their fault. Yep, it's on them. That's how I'm seeing it. So yeah, I'm and intrigued. Very, yeah, very lucky that a lot a team like Leicester has not had a good year. Because if Leicester had or a Spurs. good year this year, it was all over for them. Imagine now, if the Spurs had Conte day league. one. Yeah, the fact that you know. Spurs aren't having a particularly good time of it under Conte. I've lost three in a row now. Pardon? I've lost three in a row. Yeah, that happened. First I was time. actually going to say, you want to know something we should really talk about? You know how we're talking about like relegation last pod? Yeah. You see all the results for the relegation friend insides of the weekend? I know. <laughs> did you see <laughs> Trippier got injured? Yeah, I did. As well? Far out, broken toe or something. So, I know. It's, that's about six to eight weeks for a toe to heal. I know. That's like... Because he's been so good for them as well. Like, not just you the goal. Newcastle actually look good. Yeah, they're playing some great ball. Yeah, that's just Eddie Howe being a good manager. I've said it for a very long time that Eddie Howe has been a, is a very good manager. I actually wanted him for the Arsenal job. Yeah. That I think he would see Arsenal. And a lot of people was like, what? Why? But it's because one of the ex-players that, like, from podcasts that you listen to say about Eddie Howe's methods... Um, and that's why I think Newcastle will be fine this year and stay up eventually because they've got a bit more quality in the squad. I know you're completely sidetracked for Man United now in a lot of relegation uh, <laughs> battle, but like we were saying it in the Norwich, what, they they got beat on the weekend. Um, yeah, but played City. You yeah, know, um, it's it's one, one nil. It was relegation front and side. One nil. Um, uh, one nil. Everton lost, didn't they? Everton did lose. They lost. Yeah, they lost three one to Brentford. Um, yeah, that's it, and that, we didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. Yeah, so I just think it's look. If that's how we're going to get results for the relegation, I don't want to speak about it too much because we be did so that good. last pod. Um, you're going to get a very, very fun run in, a very fun run in, and I just think that's going to be definitely a point for the pod to look at a lot um, yeah. over the coming uh, little bit. Beauty, I think that probably wraps up the major results from from last week. Um, I got a question for you about the Premier League, though, Paul. Just a one little question, little hot take. Let's do it. Is Allison the best keeper in the print at the moment on form? Because he's kept Liverpool in a couple of games. Palace and then obviously on the weekend as well to keep a clean sheet. Um, from the top of my head, I'd probably say so. Um, more so because City haven't really been challenged that much lately as well. Uh, I think there's a couple of guys that deserve to get a mention, but I, I think, think he is. Ramsdale's been one of the better ones yeah, this season. He's one of them because he, he was incredible for Arsenal and thing. That's the other one. Millier, I know Leeds have been shipping goals, but without him, honestly. They'd be done. Oh, that would be long Especially gone, in so. that period where they had no players as well and he was yeah. still playing. 
Um, I thought he was brilliant, um, more so earlier in the season. But I'd say from the turn of the year, so what's, you know, six weeks, I'd say Allison's probably I'm with w- you. definitely kept us in that title hunt uh, at the moment. Right. Um, no one else really jumps out um, that I've seen crazy things from. I've, I haven't watched as much as I would have liked lately, um, but it's been busy, they're the guys that busy. have stood out to me. Um, but that's a great yep. question. Yeah, um, Some got, big games I've, this week got, as well. I've got one last one, and obviously it's a question that I think we both know what the answer is to, but Sky Sports did a massive, massive punditry. I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook, about is the title season over and like four of the five. Yeah, Clint Morrison, mate. He went in the bat yeah. for us. Yeah, and I'm just like, I can't fathom that you can say it's over in Feb. Now, look, I know we're two Liverpool supporters. I'm just going to say it here right now. Liverpool are not favourites to win the Prem. Liverpool are definitely on the back foot, um, and City should win the Premier League. And look, I have no qualms in losing the City every year because they're just unbelievably a good footballing side, right? Yeah. But you cannot tell me in February the 15th, as we record this, with a game in hand and we play City coming up at the Etihad and we can beat them there because we've done that before... That you're telling me that that gap would then be three points for the rest of the season. City don't drop a game somewhere. Yeah, so we don't play them till April. So we'd have yeah. to be within striking distance of that game. We'd have to be pre- pretty much level, I reckon, going into right, that game because yeah. we can't we can't be three points back in April, then maybe lose it and then be six points back with five games to go. Because then I think then it's done. That yeah. game is obviously critical but for me it's never done because it's we're so far out we've still got 16 15 games left so there's plenty of games but my thought goes to how serious do they take the champions league if they get a good run if they get a good result if they get a bad result in the first leg that's where city may slip up where for us you know, obviously you want to win the Champions League when you're in it, but you know, we've got Inter. Then if we get another hard game, maybe we do not get knocked out. You know, we can't keep expecting this Liverpool team to make the final Champions League every year like it's nothing as well. I think we're a bit desensitized uh, to the Champions League because we had those two back to back seasons not so long ago. And then really, Atletico Madrid were poor mistake and, you know, some silly stuff that happened in that game. Who knows? We could have probably made a... A lot of poor finishes. Yeah, we we might have made a third final in a row, which would have been absolutely mental. But I think we're a little, as I said, a bit desensitized to how hard it is to to back up in the Champions League. So for me, do I want to win it? Yes. Am I overly... If it means sacrificing the Premier League? No, because yes, we've won the league two seasons ago, but it still didn't feel... It still didn't feel, not great, but feel right because stands are empty. The boys lifted it in front of an empty Anfield. Like, I want us, especially this season, because that year as well, we won it with bloody miles to go. We were chasing down points records and unbeaten seasons. And again, we didn't, it didn't feel like we grinded for that league win. Like, it was inevitable. You know what I mean? Like, it was just going to happen. I hear what what you're saying because, like, if we chase down City from here... It means a lot more. ...final day and we're, like, a point in front, we've got to win on the final day to win the league and, you know, we do it. It's like when we nearly won the league the year we made, what, 96 97. Yeah. And we were were away, story time with Damon. We were at the Arkabar and we went 1-0 up while City were being held. Yeah, I remember that when Brighton scored. I wasn't there, though, but you guys were there. And we went up. Absolutely mental in this pub. When I mean mental, I still got the video on my phone. Yeah, I wish I was there. Um, And uh, I just wish that, you know, that would have been the league title. That's a league title. That's one that you celebrate. The other one, obviously, don't get me wrong, I'm glad we won it. But um, But, yeah, with COVID. 
I don't want. I want to win every competition. I want to win the Cabaret Cup. I want to win the FA Cup. I want to win the Champions League. I want to win the Prem. But if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one this season, we lose three finals, win one. I'm winning the Premier League. If if it meant being into beats us over two legs somehow, we lose the Cabaret Cup final, we make the quarter final of the FA Cup, but you get guaranteed you win the Premier League. Someone said that to you right now. There was a genie here and said, "Look, that's what's going to happen. That, that's yeah. your wish." I'll be like, "Yeah, done." Yeah, I agree. I think that's the one that. I really want. I'm just pulling up our fixtures for the rest of the season. So we finished the year home to Wolves. Like that's that's a big game too. Wolves have been playing all right. Yeah, but 23rd of May, Jesus, late. Um, it's late one. I, but imagine a full Anfield. You know, like that. We've done the Champions League. We've done the parade with the Champions League. We haven't done it properly. I want to do it properly. I really, I this team deserves it. I was having this chat. It wasn't even a debate. It was a chat. We were talking about like legacies and talking about Arsene Wenger and, you know, how in 20 odd years he only won three leagues. And I was making the argument that this Liverpool team deserves more than one league. Like this team 100%. deserves 100%. three, you know, really. It's just how dominant running the city yeah. under Pep. And they are unbelievable as well. And like we weren't even predicting either of us to win it at the start of the year. We were talking Chelsea and Man United's and, you know, and it's come back, you know, around to Liverpool City fighting again, which again for us, you know, not a bad thing because, you know, for as a Liverpool supporter, we'll take it all day long. We were talking about cup runs. So, you know, we've had one. It's nice to have a domestic cup run too, actually, but going off on a tangent. I'll be be sweating the Cabaret Cup final for sure. Yeah, I'd like to think we'll do a proper preview on that, but I reckon yeah. against Chelsea we should be all right. But anyway, speaking of another cup competition that we're still in, it is Champions League time. Um, yep. We haven't, I feel like it's been ages. It feels like. Always does, doesn't Thiago's it? Thiago's goal against Porto feels like it was ages ago. I hate this break between. I do too. Oh, like, it's that's frustrating. That's what makes February so good. That's what makes February so good because you just know when you wake up in the middle of Fred. There is Champions League football to watch and pick apart. And oh, I cannot wait. I've got the next few days of work as well. So I get to watch a few of the first legs, uh, which is great before I go back to work on Monday. So this is going to be great. Yeah, I'm excited. So we'll we'll knock off. We'll go in chronic- the chronological yeah, order. So I've got it up if you've got it on your screen. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. So, so Sporting yeah. City, I mean, what I feel for sporting. <laughs> I do too, because they always seem to do this, and whenever they get out, they seem to draw one of the bigger boys. None of the Portuguese like, teams ever get an easy draw. Like Benfica always get, like, <laughs> what's it called, Barcelona. We always yeah. get Porto. <laughs> it's just, it's uh, just another one of those ones. And, like, I would love to say sporting, good luck. And, look, if this game is played with football manager, I'd be like, you know what, sporting have a lot of good wonder kids on FM, but in real life, yeah. I just don't see them well where. City don't go out here, cruise through the first leg away in Portugal, and if they need to up the ante in England, they'll up the ante. I'm just going to put a prediction out there. 4-1, City win 2-0, 3-1, something like that, and they're going to cruise the second leg. I have to agree with you. I just don't see this being a challenge, which is annoying because we want City playing as many tough games as possible to try and derail the league form. But We want City to get the the next round, the winner of the next game, which is PSG. Mm. That's what we want. What a tasty game this is going to be. Oh, this is going to be mental. This is going to be good. This is going to be Mbappe against his former, um, oh, against his potential employee, sorry. Potential new employee. Uh, he hasn't signed yet. I think he has signed the contract now. I don't, since when? I haven't seen that. I'm pretty sure he has. I'm like 90% sure he's signed the contract with Madrid. You're making me mm. du- double guess myself. I don't know. I haven't uh, seen it. But um, anyway, but I, I mean, yeah. it's pretty well done anyway, but yeah. um, this is the tough one because. I don't have the confidence in PSG to predict that they're going to win this. 
As far as PSG playing, I know away goals don't matter anymore. Um, but if PSG were playing their second leg at home, I would say they'd probably get through because I know what they need to do in France. And I just feel like in France, they're going to be a bit stronger. The Madrid fact that the first leg in France means that the Bernabeu can get rocking. And it yeah. also means Madrid know they can set up really defensive, give no space in the first leg, and then play football second leg. And know they probably can grind a result in France that they just win one game over 90 minutes in Spain and they will get through. Yeah. I just don't, I think if you're PSG, you're not happy you got Madrid. You're one of the big teams, you've got all these big star starting players, and then bang, Madrid. I mean, Madrid just find ways to get it done. Even in years where they've struggled, they just find ways to, to win. Like it'll, Benzema will pop Madrid's up or Vinny Jr. pops up or Cruz yeah. just pulls his ball out of his butt. Like just, you know what I mean? Like the Modric steps up. Like they just, the Champions all, League and Real Madrid ex- are just synonymous with success, I think. It's like, just experienced players at that level know exactly what they need to do to get over the line. It's like you walk up the five side, you look who you're playing and it's a team of all 50-year-olds and you go, oh no, we're about to get done. And it's yeah, we're not going to touch the ball. It's not because you know, oh, they're going to beat you physically or whatever. It's because they just know how to keep the ball, work around and how to score. Yeah. And they know what they have to do. They know that they'll get 2-0 up and keep it. They know if they're one all, they'll, you know, they'll find a way to score. They know if they're one nil down, they have the experience to go, all right, we don't need to do nothing silly and then off you go. So, you know, I, I, that's why Madrid's never easy. That's why I don't, yeah, you don't want them. getting Madrid ever. Yeah, I have to agree. So, yeah. So I've got Madrid going PSG through one. here, I think. If I had to put have a, you? if I had to put a result on, just like I'm not going to put a score. A oh, I just think over the two legs, Madrid are going to get through. I don't know how they're going to get through. I just think they're going to find a way. I just think PSG yeah. are going to. The pressure's going. Like, how many times have we seen PSG? The pressure, na- the nozzle goes up, yeah. and they just capitulate. That's what I see happening. I just don't see them. This is probably bar us and City and by. I mean, the three teams. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> They're the three teams that PSG would have gone, let's not get these guys, let's get some momentum, let's figure it out, let's have the window. Yeah. And they've gone, oh, crap. <laughs> so I've got a question here, though, for you, Paul. And it sways my thinking to this tie, and I know that it's not happened, but Pochettino in charge of PSG, if this was a darn in charge of PSG, PSG would win this tie hands down, right? And because Poch is in charge, and you don't know how much control he has over the players and how he, you know, he's it's hard to say. Like it's hard to say because we don't. It's hard to say. You don't know I what that looks like. I feel like if there was a different manager at PSG that could maybe manage these stars a little bit better, yeah. then PSG would get through this tie. Oh, 100%. Anyway. Because the talent's but there. Because it's Poch, I'm nice like, I don't know. I'm not saying Poch is a bad manager, just, it, just from what you've seen so far. Yeah, well, that's what I said at the start of this. Well, that's why I said at the start as well. I said I, the track record doesn't fill me with confidence. No, it doesn't. B- because no. they haven't. They've in the past. They just haven't got it done. So that's where my mind's at. I, I don't know a scoreline. You know, I could see Madrid oh, maybe oh. nicking a one nil away from home, and then a one nil, two nil, two one in Spain. I think if Madrid are going to win this tie, they need a one all or a nil nil first leg, or and then win it at home. And then just win the game at home. Like they'll probably play for that a little bit as well. They'll know if that PSG come out firing, they'll start, you know, trying to shut up shop a little bit, make the game a little bit more negative. And they know if that PSG don't come out 100%, then whatever. I expect Madrid to come out just trying to get the game to the 65th, 70th minute at nil nil wouldn't be like, all right, we'll look now. You know, I wouldn't even be surprised if Venetia starts on the bench and then comes on to be that super sub to try and break the game open. Um, yeah, but that's fair. I've got, I've got PSG probably getting through like 2-1 on aggregate. I just feel like... If, you know, it's one of those ones where, like, if PSG win the first leg, even 1-0, 2-1 even, they'll probably just set up in Spain to be like, we'll probably play solely on the break to Mbappe 
use Messi as a bit more creatively, not you know being that little bit more you know fluid, um, yeah. and just try and get him the ball quickly to like turn and play make more than you know him driving at people trying to get others in. Um, and because of that, I feel like the star quality of PSG would just get him through this tie. Thing is though, if that's how they get through this tie, and then they walk into Bayern, Liverpool, uh, you know. Uh, who else am I looking there? Man City. Even if they walked into, um, you know, Juve, for instance, or Chelsea, I still think that PSG are vulnerable to them. Um, so it definitely wouldn't say PSG are your favourites like we did at the start of the year. Yeah, I'd have to agree as well. That was, I guess, based on us not knowing, you know, the the way that their team was going to gel, I think. So exactly. it just hasn't happened. Like, for me, it just hasn't happened. So um, I'm more of the they need to figure out how to really work together and that's not going to happen this season because I've had more than enough time to to try it this year and it, for me it just hasn't worked so um, anyway that's enough from that tie I think we're both sort of if we th- if we think what's happened is going to happen um, then Madrid probably gets through yeah alright which game do you want to go to next uh, Salzburg and Bayern, I just think it's an easy one to tick off. Bayern are going to get through this yeah. one pretty comfortably. I just feel like it's one of those ones where Bayern can rock up and win the game 7-0 if they wanted to. Yeah, that's um, fair. And that's no disrespect to Salzburg. That's just how good Bayern Munich are. They're sneakily sneaky, the favourites for this competition. Bayern? Yeah. They're just unbelievably unbelievable. They just don't make many mistakes, do they? That's the thing. Just, you know what it is? It's German. They're just dead German. They just don't make a mistake. They're just, you know, it's just a, they're just a well-oiled machine that's German that won't break down. It's just simple. It's I just mean, typical German no-nonsense, you know. So I, I just don't see a world where they don't get through this tie easily. And I don't see a world unless they draw Liverpool, City, yeah, or even oh, PSG if they played well on the first leg, for instance, that I wouldn't get through any other team. I'm even saying if they got Chelsea, they'll knock Chelsea out. Having Lewandowski helps too. Oh, yeah, he's class. <laughs> he's quality. He's just class, mate. He's class. Yeah, so we'll move on. I don't think there's heaps to talk about in our tie as well. Inter's an interesting one. They're doing well happy. in the league. Um, I'm happy that we're away first. That's Same nice. Here. Look, I would expect us to get the job done, yeah. I think. So... I think a lot depends on this first tie. If Inter can pinch a win here, which they probably could in Italy, uh, make it puts life a very hard pressure on Liverpool uh, for the second leg. I didn't want Inter, obviously. I looked at Inter as a danger game. Yeah. Um, obviously, we always looked at Salzburg. I wanted Sporting. I wanted Benfica because I think they were in the other pot, weren't they? And Ajax topped the group. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then it's like, all right, uh, you know, okay. But Inter was definitely a lot better than what we could have got too. You know. Um, it's one of those ones where against Italian sides, we haven't had our best track record, aka Napoli. But at the same stage, I feel like Inter aren't going to be your typical Italian side in Italy that just still sit with 10 men behind the ball. I feel like they'll try and play it at times. It depends how we rock up. If we rock up to Italy in full force, as in like we start really well, then I see us getting through this tie, not comfortably comfortably, but comfortable. Yeah. If this game came, comes the slog fest and Inter find a goal and find the first goal in this tie, watch out. I honestly can see an Atletico Madrid sort of situation arising. Yeah. Um, I think we get through the tie, but I think it's going to be like 2-1, 3-2, really nervy. Yeah, it's not going to be convincing, I don't think. I think no. there's going to be periods of play where we're going to be throwing everything forward and they're just going to be deflecting everything practically. Like they, The way they defend is unbelievable. They're just a, a rock-solid team, so... 
you know, being, you know, up and about. Well, they win the league last year, didn't they? So, you know, you don't win the City R, you know, lightheartedly. So, yeah, I think we've got an interesting encounter. I think for us it's been nice that we haven't had much to deal with. We've had some rest in Salah and Mane um, and the boys that were in AFCON. So, I think full first team available. We've got Elliot available. We've got Diaz as well, who I'd assume is in the squad. Yep. Um, I don't think he's cup tight, is he? No, 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 no. You can, um, you can register new players for new players at the start right. of the the knockout. Yeah, September the first. Yep. So is the registration period, so you can free new players no matter if they played. Yep. Nice. So look, we've got a full full squad to pick from. So I'd like to think we'd get through. Yep. Chelsea, Lil, Chelsea coming off of the Club World Cup, still don't look great. To be perfectly um, honest. I don't think they looked amazing. Uh, I do feel like, though, they'll get through Lille. I need no disrespect to Lille. I just feel like Chelsea's quality will shine. Yeah, it's not the same and Lille as last year, is, the, is it? They lost a lot of players. Yeah. It's the Champions League, and Chelsea just seem to always step it up a gear here um, as well. And that's why I feel like this is a good tie for Chelsea to get. Like, if Chelsea got Inter, for instance, then you're just going, oh, hello. You know, this is going to be danger for Chelsea, right? Big danger. Where with them getting Lille, no disrespect to Lille. Lille could do a job, don't get me wrong, but I just think Chelsea will get through this. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, pretty comfortably too, I think, especially being at the bridge first. I think they were just 3-0, you know, yep. comfortable and then go away and do what Tuchel needs to do because he's shown in the past that in knockout football, probably a bit more concise and a bit more uh, comfortable than um, playing in the league so I'll give Chelsea the edge on this one similar sort of analysis coming up for Juventus Villarreal I think Vlahovic oh, I'm keen to see him in the Champions League oh, man. Here, man I just want to see if he, if it just transfers because his league form in Italy has just been unplayable um, for probably a year now um, good first game for him to get as well under the Champions League as well I know. No, no disrespect to Villarreal he scored in the league like too him. He scored in debut. Yeah, so, he's, he's going to be amazing there at Juve. It's, it's, it's a buying mentality, that sign. Okay, you're doing really well in the league for someone. I'm going to take you now. Yeah. And literally oh. the money they got from Bentacor and Kulisevsky and some other deals as well, they've pretty much paid paid it off already. So it's yeah. pretty much smart moved business. a few squad players out to bring in the best striker in the league. And it's pretty smart. Business. Good business. It's really good. The old lady actually is run really well too. Like they actually do a really good job behind the scenes there, like transfer wise and business wise as well. They're not just an Italian giant because they're just Juve. They actually get free signings. Unbelievable. I love their business that they usually do as well. So I expect Valahovic to go bang, uh, you know, for Juve and really take them to that next level. Does that mean they're going to start challenging again for the Champions League? Probably not yet. Not this year. But a couple more signings like that. They're not far. They're not far, and um, maybe this year's a good learning curve for them to maybe make a quarter, maybe even make a semi and go, okay, we're not too far away, and then do another good couple bit of business and then they'll be there or thereabouts. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. So this next tie is probably the one that intrigues me the most. If you're, if you're a smaller team and you got this draw, you would be licking your lips because... If you are Benfica, if you are Ajax, Ajax not so much because only a couple of years ago they were in the semi-final when they were a minute away different from the final. Squad, Very different squad. But if you're Benfica, I feel a little bit for Benfica because every year they fight in the group. They either come second and just bundle out of the round of 16 or they finish third and have to go through the, the Europa League. So 
I don't really have a lot to comment on <laughs> on this game, if that makes sense. But I'm just keen. Like Darwin Nunes, I want to see how he plays and Rafa and some of those older guys that have been around, Benfica a little bit. Um, they've got obviously Vertonghen and Otamendi. You know, they've been there, done it. They've made finals. They've got the experience. Ajax is just full of youth. And then Haller, you know, the leading goal scorer in the competition so far. So I think there's just some cool storylines that one of these teams is making a quarter and, you know, could be that team that makes that big upset this year. Look, these are two sides that probably deserve to make a quarterfinal too because they've had a lot of pain in the past, especially Benfica. Like, they always seem to cop a really bad draw. So it's nice to actually see a Portuguese side with a, a solid shot of getting out of the first knockout stage actually making a quarter. It's huge for Portuguese football. Yeah. Um, not saying Portuguese football, by the way, is down the ladder of world football. Um, it's just they always seem because the coefficient to always just cop them worse at the end of the draw. Um Ajax, obviously, great side. And, uh, you know, obviously, it wasn't so long ago, like Paul mentioned, that they were in a semi-final of the Champions League. But I actually think that this tie is going to be the most interesting one of the lot because I actually think both teams are going to come play football. I don't yeah. think either of them in their nature are going to sit back and try and defend out. I think Benfica can do that better than Ajax, by the way. I feel like if Benfica got a result, they would defend for their lives in, in the Netherlands, where... I think if Ajax, if they win, lose, or draw, would then play football in the Netherlands no matter what. So I actually think that the first leg being in Portugal is massive for the two flowing legs of football. Yeah, because, uh, I agree. If, 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 unless Benfica win 2-0, I just don't see a world where either of them are going to sit back and defend in in uh, the Netherlands. So I predict Benfica to get through in a really entertaining one, like a really entertaining one. But if Ajax got through... Wouldn't be surprised. No I'm just... I just think Benfica would be the cooler story of the two. Hits by my heart's just saying, you know what, Benfica for the first time in a long, long while, make a quarterfinal. Yeah, I just want to see him have a crack. Really, that's all it is. Like they're such a historic club in this competition as well, and obviously so Ajax. But Ajax are kind of one of those sides that are always in and around it. Where um, you know Benfica in the more recent future just really struggled. To be perfectly honest, they did not. Yeah, they're too good for the. Well, not too good, but they're at Europa League level. But because of Portuguese league being the Portuguese league, they kind of um, get pushed into the Champions League and they, yeah, they're competitive. So toss them a bone and hopefully it's enough to um, get them through. And then another really fun, interesting tie here as well. Atletico Madrid, Manchester United, the two most contradicting styles of football, if you could put it that simply. I just don't know. I think... This tie is going to run into Atletico's hands, isn't it, really? They're just going to sit there and be resolute and solid and Man United are going to attack and get frustrated and make mistakes and give them opportunities to score. I would have to agree with that. I just feel like if you're United, though, you actually don't mind that you've got Atletico out of everyone else, though. Because 100%. They're not going to play you off the park. Atletico always going to give you the ball, always going to give you a chance. I just feel like Ronaldo in these games, I know it's Ronaldo at 37, but for whatever reason, when it comes to Champions League, he's still 24. He just always finds a way. Um, and because of that factor, I don't think that with Atletico not going to play him off the park, and if United play poor 15 minutes, they could be 3 0 down. Um, that gives United a shot here. I just feel like if this game got to England 0 0 1 all. United will win this tie. I feel like Atletico need to take a lead. If Atletico take a lead to England, United will not have the mental capacity to come back and win this tie. They'll, they'll get frustrated. They don't score a goal early, first 20 minutes. They'll get frustrated. They'll score it. They'll concede one in England. There'll be two goals down and it'll be game over. But if this could be level or United snatch a win in Spain, then 
United will get through this tie, I feel. So my prediction is United will get through only because I just don't see Atletico ever putting them to bed. Yeah. But if they concede first and concede early in either leg, then mm, I don't know. I feel like then for United, it could be danger. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just edge Atletico here just because, again, it's the same thing we spoke about with Bayern. They just know how to get it done. You know, we've got the track history of Simeone and just being able to, to pull a result or pull a performance like they did at Anfield, you know, like they would just find a way they'll kick or they'll stamp or they'll do something, you know, they'll I play the rough. They play it's so nice to watch. I know that's like very anti-football, but it's so smart. Yeah, it's just, it's again, we're talking about, you know, PSG and not being suited to the system or Man United and not playing to the strengths. That's what Atletico Madrid do to a T. They, they know what they're good at. And they do it. And that's what I can... I can respect it. I can hate watching it and I can hate versing it. But, you know, when you are getting the results that they get, then you can definitely see why they continue, I think. So, I think that's probably the game that... I don't know. I just see Man United struggling in this one. I don't know what it is. Especially being in Spain first. Uh, Look, I agree to an extent that it would have to be Atletico winning the first one. I just feel like if it was... If it was level, yeah, if, if United won the first leg, then I think they're going to get through. It's more the case of what happens in that second leg for me. If you, if Atletico score first in England in the second leg, game over, because United will crumble, right? And that's just because of where United are at the minute, right? It's not nothing to do with United being United, the history they have or whatever. It's just with the way the squad is at the moment and everything going on, you know, they're not playing overly well. If they went down in the second leg, like 2-1 down, for instance, and conceded in England to go 2-1 down, I think that it'll be game over. My only thing is is that I can see a world where Atletico just, they play well in Spain, but they don't quite put it away, right? And then you give United a chance. United scored the first one at Old Trafford. You know, Ronaldo pinches you one early. Then all of a sudden I can see a world where United get, you know, Ronaldo gets them all on the back, and then all of a sudden the game starts flowing, and it just clicks for that 90 minutes because... That's a typical, you know, Ronaldo thing to do in the Champions League is that Ronaldo factor that in that big game he'll get his teammates to actually get going. And if they did get going, United, I can see a world where they do beat Atletico. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, United definitely going to beat Atletico. But I just see a world where I see United getting through this tie because it would be that typical United thing that they've beaten Atletico because they just didn't put them to bed. And then in the quarterfinal, they draw Bayern and get smacked. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's probably the other the real possibility we see out of this tie as well. And that's just, you know, the track record we've got with um, Manchester United. So looking at those fixtures, which game's got the most potential for an upset? I think if you're talking about like upsets, upsets, as in like, oh my, that's happened. I think you're looking at Inter against us. Because if Inter could do a job, but I wouldn't say that's like your massive upset. I just think like in terms of one of the teams that you think can win it this season, which is not talking up, you know, being Liverpool sport. Oh, we can win it. Just we're one of the favourites, obviously, with Bayern and um, Man City. I think we've got the hardest game. So then there's your biggest upset in terms of one of the big three missing out. If I had to pinch an upset like straight off the bat, as in like on paper upset, I feel like if Lille could do a job in England. Then in France, you never know what could happen. Yeah. And then the defending champions are out in the first knockout. That's the one I was looking at. I was looking at Lille. As long as they don't get blown off the park, um, 
then there's definitely opportunity there for them to take a result in France, I think. So that will be a game that I'll be definitely keeping my eye on because if it doesn't go to plan at the bridge, then don't be surprised. Massive, exactly right. So that's the one that I was leaning towards more than us, but I do agree with you about Inter, but... You know, you're talking about the defending champions of Italy. I wouldn't really call it a massive upset, but it still oh, would be. I'm not an upset. It's just upset based on, like, if you looked at, yeah, like... Yeah, your expectation the is that Liverpool get through. And all the betting sites, whatever. They've got Liverpool, like, second favourite, third favourite um, with City and Bayern. So, like, if you looked at it like that, I think it's an upset on paper. But, like, it's not, like, a massive upset. Like, if we lost this tie, I could understand, because Inter are Inter on yeah. good side, right? Um, it's just more like Lille knocking out the defending champions would be my major upset. And, you know, football's a funny old game. You never know. You could see a world of sporting do a job against City for, you know, you never know. You know, what happens if City get a red card first 10 minutes of the game? You, you don't know. Yeah. That's the beauty of football. Exactly right. Cool. Now, big question. Answer, have, hopefully. Have we got any questions? No, we do not in the in the um, podcast. I've had a really busy day in the sorry in the Discord. A really busy day, so I asked a question an hour ago, and it looks like the boys are off. Uh-huh. Busy doing anything. Oh, good. So, so from us, that's where we'll probably leave this episode. A little bit shorter, but that's all right. We just hit the forty-minute mark. Short, sharp, shiny, consistent. Nothing wrong with that. Cheap Back on the weekly grind. Yeah, obviously, I think obviously having a little bit more to unpack. Next week will be fantastic. Um, some Premier League fixtures as well coming up. Uh, looking forward to next week. We've got a lot of double game weeks again. It's a big we week. Do, we do have double game weeks. Uh, for those Ooh, that haven't, Salah is like got Norwich and Burnley. No, Norwich and Leeds. Norwich and Leeds. Even we just had Burnley. So like that, that, that may be a triple captain for them. If I'm not, I haven't decided yet. I'm just worried about he gets rested after the Champions League. Dennis also has Villa and Palace. Yeah. Like, so I, 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 I got to figure go out. Salah. I don't even have Salah in my team at the moment because of Afcon. I, I, I brought him in this week because of Bruno. I like. I, I was always gonna. The plan was to keep Bruno for this double game. We can captain him, and then just straight away just get him out for Salah. I did spend my money last week. Anyway, that's probably another discussion to have a bit later on. But that is true. Uh, you want to say your good boys? Of course, as always. Always a pleasure to do the pod. Um, as always, guys, I'll probably try and get the ping out to everybody that give us questions a bit earlier than obviously the hour before the pod. I've had a really busy day. Um, myself and Paul's obviously been super-duper busy. But a big chance to plug out the podcast, though. So links will always be in the description of the pod to come join the pod uh, podcast Discord. And if you do that, you can always ask us questions. They don't have to be sport-related. We've, we've asked questions in the past, like orange juice over apple juice and all that sort of stuff as well. We don't mind what questions you throw at us. We will answer them. Um, with our best knowledge that we can. Sport, obviously, is our best knowledge. But, yeah, the grind's obviously out there. Paul's slowly getting back into some sort of streaming schedule. He's been a busy boy. I've still been streaming a fair little bit. So, obviously, follow us off on our, you know, Twitch channels as well. But from Damo here, I leave it with Paul to sign his all off. Thank you very much, Paulie. Diddy, and from myself, another episode of the PD Sports Podcast. We'll see you next week once again for all the fallings out of the Champions League and some massive Premier League football. See you later.